You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. Thanks for hitting that play button and joining us now in the studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepherd. We recorded this program before you left for Israel, so right now you are in Israel, Michael. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Put your put your future glasses wow. on. What are you doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I'm having a good time. I think. Let me see. Uh, probably down by the Dead okay. Sea. Um, Everyone, I, I don't want to go to the Dead Sea. It doesn't really, there's no reference in the Gospels to Jesus being there. So I'm not always the happiest of campers when we go there. <laughs> Plus, people like people like to get into in the Dead Sea, which I think is kind of crazy because it's just a big lake of poison. If you drink the How water, you really it makes feel? you sick. And well, so, so what I do, there's a cafe there. So what I do, I basically will sit at the cafe and make fun of the people that are... Uh, sw- swimming in the lake of poison. <laughs> All right. Wow, that makes me want to go with you, Michael. So that he does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, y- you and me would be sitting at that cafe right now, making fun of all the people. So no, no floaties for Michael in the Dead Sea. <laughs> no, no. If you have the least, if you have the least little cut or hangnail oh. or whatever, this it, it burns oh, and I oh, just it's so thinking about that. No, okay. no, thank you. Well. All right. Yeah. Well, no, thank um, you. Having said all that, our featured resource yeah, Wayne, this week. Wayne, Wayne, <laughs> yeah, Wayne. Yeah. For the first time, I've, I've, I realized, you know, I bet Jesus did go there with his disciples, and I bet they were floating around in it. I bet he was sitting on the shore making fun of them. I, I just feel that in my bone. <laughs> all right. Well, I just never know what to expect coming from you, Michael. So that, that's, a, that's, that's an no, extra biblical no. lesson for us here today. So I see it. I see it clearly. I see it clearly. <laughs> All right. As long as we're talking about Israel, how about talking about uh, or mentioning our featured uh, resource, which is the Holy Land Study Bible, the Illustrated Study Bible. And we'll have more to say about that later. It's available mm-hmm. from CSB. Uh, and coming up, we're going to be talking with Dr. Tom Schreiner here about Second uh, Peter. That'll be our commentary portion here today. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Good things to come. Here's a note from a listener. Uh, thanks for the podcast. Now, this listener told us that he purchased Kareem Joseph's Encounters and Jesus, Our City of Refuge. Wow. Uh, those books that Kareem wow. uh, from Cairo, Egypt, told us about. And this listener says, thanks for the podcast. Uh-huh. Some recent purchasers here as a result of the shows. You've led to me to many authors over the years. Thank you. So that's just one additional feature that you provide in our life. Michael wow. is recommending books to us. Well, and it's not just plugging a book. You're talking to the author, and you get to hear whether this is the sort of person whose book you want to read anyway. And Kareem was certainly uh, one of those guys. I, I haven't I haven't read it yet. It's sitting right. I'm looking at it. It's right here on my okay. shelf. I'm gonna. It, it's on the pile to read. All right. Well, give us a report after you do. Let's uh, let's hear some music from Michael, and then we'll have our commentary segment coming up in just a moment. Bears of the light. Here's Michael Card. The light we must bear is the light we must share Is the light that illumines the darkness The promises kept give us strength to accept This burden of bearing the light He will walk beside us, a strong friend Barnabas 
He will be that sure shoulder to lean on. The promise we share is our burden to bear, and our light tells the darkness to be gone. The light we must bear is the light we must share, is the light that illumines the darkness. The promise is kept, give us strength to accept this burden of bearing the light. He will come after me, this young Timothy, looking for someone to guide him. I will kindle his light, make him strong for the fight. I will promise to be there beside him. Bear is the light we must share, is the light that illumines the darkness. The promise is kept, give us strength to accept this burden of bearing the light. And so we must claim in his powerful name the promise the Bible has spoken. We must understand that a cord of three strands cannot be easily broken. The great need of us all, a true mentor, a Paul, who has traveled the road that's before us. He has made good the pledge to take the light on ahead. We can follow his footsteps before us. Bear is the light we must share, is the light that illumines the darkness. The promise is kept, give us strength to accept this burden of bearing the light. The promise is kept, give us strength to accept this burden of bearing the light. Bearers of the light. Thank you, Michael. I'd like to suggest our listeners uh, take your Bible and turn to Second Peter now as we have this next conversation. Our guest back with us on the podcast is Dr. Tom Schreiner, who is the author of First and Second Peter and Jude in the Christian Standard Commentary series. Dr. Schreiner is Associate Dean of the School of Theology at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, we're always glad to have Dr. Schreiner with us, Michael. What a privilege it is to have him with us to talk about this passage that he's written a commentary on. So welcome to the program, Tom. Well, it's it's good to be back, Michael. Yeah. We wanted to focus in on uh, the idea of discipleship, of uh, uh, the way Peter poured his life into into his uh, followers at the end of his life. I mean, he knows he's dying, right, by the time he's writing this letter? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's very clear in uh, chapter one, verses twelve through fifteen, that he's that he's near death. Mm-hmm. And this is his final word to the people that he's poured his life into, right? Yes, yes, and he and he says, right, he wants to before he before he leaves, he wants to remind them of the teachings he's given them, and and that's a great. Uh, lesson for all of us. We want our lives to count and to make a difference, and what better thing can we do than to remind people of the truth of the gospel? With your permission, I'd like to read the passage we're talking about. It's uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 15. So listen, this is God's word. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. 
By these he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. And then those verses you mentioned, verses 12 through 15, this is the CSB Bible. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you now have. I think it is right, as long as I am in this bodily tent, to wake you up with a reminder, since I know that I will soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has indeed made clear to me. And I will also make every effort so that you are able to recall these things at any time after my departure. Mike? Well, I'm, I'm just looking forward, Tom, for, for you to walk us through this text and um, help us understand what's going on contextually, what's going on in the life situation of Peter, and what is he, what is he trying to impart in these final words? Yeah, yeah. Well, as, as I already mentioned, and Peter is, is, is near death. And we, when we look at the whole letter, we see that false teachers have come into the church and created uh, a lot of confusion, and uh, some, some have uh, fallen with those false teachers. And it seems, you know, when we read chapter 2, that the false teachers are basically saying, it doesn't matter how you live as a Christian. Hmm. You, you can live however you want, and you're fine. So... Peter, if we just looked at the basic structure of the passage first, verses 3 and 4, we have the grace of God. Then verses 5 through 11, the the need to live a godly life. And then verses 12 through 15, Peter says, look, uh, you know this already. I'm just reminding you of what you already know, but we need need reminders like this. Uh, Mm. So I think that's the the overarching structure. We can dip into the details, too. Well, take us a little deeper. What's what's going on here, and uh, to whom is this being written, Dr. Tom? Yeah, um, well, most agree that these are the same churches that are addressed in First Peter. So those, the, we, we have uh, the various regions in First Peter 2 in what is now modern-day Turkey, different provinces in uh, Asia Minor in that day. So Peter says in chapter 3 that it's the second letter uh, that he's writing to them. So I think it's the same readers we find in in 1 Peter a, a short time later. And, um, yeah, yeah, so they're, they're struggling with this notion of uh, uh, this libertinism, we could call it, this idea that uh, it doesn't matter if we live uh, a life that's pleasing to God. So uh, it's very interesting to me that, you know, Peter focuses a lot in this letter 
on the on the need to live a life that's uh, pleasing to God, that's pleasing to Christ. But we, but what's very important to see, and we cannot miss, is that verses three and four. Uh, really, we could say verses one and two as well, but three and four are fundamental for the whole letter. Hmm. Because since Peter calls on people to live a godly life, it isn't it isn't moralism. Peter's not saying, uh, here's how you earn your salvation. Hmm. Peter, Peter isn't saying, uh, here's how you work for God. Peter isn't saying, this is what you can do in your own effort. He's, he's emphasizing God's grace has given you everything you need for life and godliness. You, you have great promises. He's, uh, he says uh, you, you'll have a, a, a divine nature, which I don't think he means by that they're gods, but I think he means they're like God. They've, they've been changed. They've been converted. So a, a, a way that Second Peter can be misread in a really... Uh, Dangerous way is the, if we read it to say, oh, Peter, Peter talks about virtue, but he forgets about God's grace. Hmm. So, but right away he emphasizes the grace of God, the power of God uh, and Christ uh, to, uh, to give us everything we need. So that when we're reading the rest of the letter, we can never forget these, these first verses. Yeah. Mike, I know you have other questions, but let me just jump in and ask Dr. Schreiner here. I've, this is not a general pastoral letter. He's writing to a specific need, to specific people for a specific purpose, isn't he? That, absolutely. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. We, we know these false teachers, when we read chapter 3, they're, they're denying the second coming of Jesus. And, uh, of course, chapter 2 is all about these false teachers. And, and basically, the false teachers are saying that you can live a life that's very sexually loose, uh, they're greedy. And, and I think those are two strong marks of false teaching. Now, you know, when we say false teaching, we usually think of doctrine, and of course that's involved as well. I mean, there is a doctrine they deny. They deny the second coming. And, and because they deny the second coming, they deny the final judgment. But... Isn't it fascinating that Peter says you can also spot false teaching teachers by the way they live, hmm. and he focuses on their uh, their their sexual morality and and their greed. And uh, I don't want to name any names, but we can think of in history famous TV preachers, right, who've fallen into that those categories mm-hmm. as well. Um, what what Peter says has been true throughout history. Yeah. False teachers often fall into those uh, two patterns. Can Can I ask you a question about the de- one of the details of this passage? Uh, I, absolutely. Okay, I'm interested in uh, the chain saying. I know uh, I remember Doctor Lane, William Lane, who was my mentor, saying that both Paul and Peter liked these chain sayings. And there's one. It's I think it's five, six, and seven. Um, um, you know, add uh, add to your uh, goodness, knowledge, and knowledge, self-control, and self-control, endurance. What, as a literary device, what is he trying to do there? Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, it's it's artistic. It's beautiful. It's uh, it's memorable. Ah. They're they're writing. You know, you write in such a way it's easier to remember. 
what is what is written. So oh, okay. we, we ought not to forget the artistry of the passage. I think there's a theological significance as well. Isn't it interesting that he begins with faith and he ends with love? So faith is faith. Is oh, I never saw that. Faith is the root. Love is the fruit. And love, I, I don't, you know, he ends oh. with, well, brotherly love and then Christian love. Christian love is the supreme virtue of all the virtues. I Now, there's a debate here. I personally don't think he's saying, here's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven steps, right? I think he, I, th- I think it's more literary and artistic instead of saying, First, you work on your virtue, then you work on your knowledge, then you work on self-control, then you work on endurance, okay. then you work on godliness. Although I think there is some there is some significance in the order, as I already pointed out, that faith is first and then love is last. Well, so so it's a it's a mnemonic device in one sense, but it's also like you're saying, it's really poetry. These are these are all beautiful ideas and important ideas that we give ourselves to. And there's a progression, but it's not necessarily a recipe, like you said, first this, then that, then, you know, because I've heard it explained that way, too. Yeah, yeah. And I, and, and I think it's sort of like the fruit of the Spirit, right? But here, it's the fruit of faith. Yeah. What does faith look like? And, and you think, okay, why did he write this? Well, the first thing he writes is faith leads to virtue. Well, that's, that's what the false teachers... The false teachers... By the way, the false teachers were probably reading Paul and saying, Paul teaches grace. Grace means it doesn't matter how we live. And and Peter tells us uh. in chapter 3, hey, they're misunderstanding Paul. That's not what he's saying. They're distorting what Paul's saying. Yeah. And so it's no accident that he begins by saying, well, look, faith, we're not perfection, we're not perfect, but faith leads to virtue. And uh, to self-control yeah. and to endurance and to being godly and lo- and loving. When we're Christians, we're not perfect, but we are different. There's a change in our lives. So that that's the point in the conclusion where he talks about uh, Paul. Um, he speaks about these things in all his letters, that famous passage, and these people twist them to their own destruction, sort of thing. That's what. Th- so that's what these false teachers are doing. They're taking Paul and twisting it. And so Peter is basically clarifying something that Paul has said? Yeah, I think so. Wow. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think, and, and it's interesting because we know Peter and Paul had that uh, little tip in Galatians 2, but Peter here puts Paul's writings with the Scriptures, right? They distort him as they do the rest of the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. At the end, they were friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's so much here to explore, but one additional thing as we make an application is that what's happening here is Peter is is mentoring, isn't he? And and that's an application for us. I mean, here he is at the end of his life, and Michael, how many times have we had friends who uh, are at latter stages of life and, and they want to pass on so many things to us desperately and we need to be listening to them? This mentoring aspect's important here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think it is so, so crucial. Right, right. some... What, what is it? Psalm 78 says that we want to pass on the truth uh, uh, to the next generation. Um, mm-hmm. we, 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 want, we want them to learn what we've learned. And you, you can see that if you want to read that Psalm 78 uh, verses 2 and following, he talks about the need to, to pass on to the new generation. And I'm, 
I'm 68 years old, so I have 11 grandkids, and 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 I think a lot now of the new generations that are coming behind me. And I know, you know, those of us who are older, we know our time on Earth is limited, and we pray that we can leave a legacy to others of of the gospel and truth and love. And I think that's what Peter's doing, and it's a great. Even if you're young, right? Even when you're young, you're leaving a legacy every every moment that you're living. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm a little bit older than you, but I don't have as many grandchildren. Uh, but I'm looking, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm looking at Psalm 78, and one verse says, We will not hide them from our children. We will tell a future generation the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, His might, and the wondrous works He has performed. That's a great uh, psalm for our listeners to to meditate on as we uh, close the conversation in a moment here, Michael. Yeah, and and let's not forget, I'm, I think I'm correct, is Peter's writing this from prison. Is that right? Oh, uh, I don't, we don't know that for sure. Okay. Um, but but we do know, yeah, and, well, tradition says, and I think the tradition is right, at the end, Peter lost his life um, from in Rome, uh, and, and presumably he was in prison, so it, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. But it, to, to say the least, he's in a very precarious point in his life when there's persecution, and he's not mindful yeah. of the danger he's in. He's still mindful of the people that he's pouring his life into. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it shows his great love. Well, we're going to wrap it up there, but I heartily recommend this uh, this Christian Standard Commentary, First and Second Peter and Jude. The author is our guest here, Dr. Tom Schreiner, and we sure appreciate the time together. Uh, Michael, would you want to say a goodbye to Dr. Schreiner before we move on to your song in a moment? Well, yeah. What I'd like to say is I'm actually holding a copy of his commentary in my hand right now, and I look inside, and it's not signed. Hmm. <laughs> I'm happy to do it anytime. <laughs> no. Michael just has to make an appearance in Louisville there, and uh, you'll be happy to sign it, huh? Oh, I could pop yeah, up. Th- absolutely. I could pop up there and have you sign it, but uh, thank you so much for for your work and your faithfulness and your 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 friendship and all this uh, the work on the CSB and uh, uh, we're in your debt. Thank you. We are. Well, thank you, Michael. It's always a delight to be with you, and uh, God bless your ministry, which has affected so many. Here's a song that I think is a great follow up to the conversation. It's Michael's song to follow you. Without your call, I couldn't make it 
it'd be impossible to do to leave everything and follow you everything to follow everything to follow everything to follow you To your sacrifice I gave up my home But you left paradise And what you call me to offer Has really set me free Cause you left everything to be with me So with joy I embrace a faith that calls me from home And I will cling to your promise That I am never alone And with each passing moment I'll keep hoping it's true I left everything to follow you Everything to follow Everything to follow, everything to follow you. Everything to follow, everything to follow, everything to follow you. Great follow-up song to that conversation. Thank you, Michael. Uh, when listeners contact us, you can email us, by the way, in the studio at michaelcard.com. You can also reach us through Facebook at the Michael Card Music Facebook page. But it's so meaningful when listeners give us some feedback. Here's Jim, who wrote to us. I've been binging past in-the-studio podcasts because they've been so rich. Recently, I heard uh, Finding a Refuge from June 2022 First, I so appreciated Michael's insights about the differences between Judea and Galilee. It has brought additional understanding about many things that happened in the Gospels. He goes on to say, Secondly, I like hearing that the wedding in Cana could have been for one of Jesus' disciples. Yeah, I think we think it may be Nathaniel because he meets Nathaniel, mm-hmm. and then the very next scene is he's at the wedding changing water into mm-hmm. wine. He goes on to say, My, my main reason for writing is how one of your statements, Michael, uh, asked the question, how does he reveal his glory? His answer almost brought tears to my eyes uh, through an unmiraculous miracle uh, that not everybody even recognizes. Jesus' glory is displayed through his hiddenness. That's going to take a while to sink in. I've seen other people cry when you give that message. I saw that happen in Cuba when your translator cried when you gave that message, Michael. Eduardo, Eduardo. I do remember. Yeah. yeah. The translator because stopped he was because tra- he was emotionally overcome with your message. Yeah, he starts crying, and everyone in the audience doesn't know what I just said that made him cry. It was an uncomfortable moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It, was a, it was a moment, though. 
Uh, Jim says one more thing. It is moments like these that keep me enthralled with the podcast and with Michael's teaching and music in general. Thank you for your humble contributions to the church and to this wide-eyed follower of Jesus. I like that. Thank you, Jim. Oh, wow. Very cool. If what you're hearing has stirred you to want to explore the scriptures further, look online for more from Michael that can help. Find music and books that explore the great themes in scripture. Michael's latest book is a collection of teaching on the life of Christ called The Nazarene. Come explore all that's available for you at michaelcard.com. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to look through the podcast archive for an extensive collection of classic and current editions to hear, enjoy, and share. Coming up, music and conversation recorded on location in Israel after this message in the studio with Michael Card. I'm so glad the Holy Land Illustrated Bible is this month's featured resource. I spent a lot of time traveling throughout Israel, and I learn new things about the life situation of the scriptures every time I go. This Bible edition reminds me of where I've been in Israel, and I hope it'll make the scriptures come alive for you too. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible at csbible.com and read more about this unique study tool. When you order, apply your 40% discount on the CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type CARD40 with caps, no spaces, in the promotion code for your 40% discount with LifeWay. The Holy Land Illustrated Bible is packed with hundreds of pictures, articles, maps, and illustrations that will bring the ancient world to life. Dig deep into the text as you discover the meaning and message of God's Word to you today. I hope you take advantage of this beautiful and well-thought-out study edition of the Bible. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible now at csbible.com. A few moments ago, Mike, we read a note from Jim who contacted us, a listener. Here's another listener comment. This one comes from Teresa. I love this podcast and learn so much from the music and the teaching. It enables me to see behind just the words on the page of the Bible to see God's love in real ways and how real people can attempt to express it in our world. One of my favorite songs, In the Wilderness, how the dark times, alone times, confusing times are opportunities What we often think is the end or a punishment can be the beginning of greater clarity and understanding. Thank you for this program and for so many years of making music that helps make God love real. Boy, that's that's wonderful comment. Thank you. Wow. I think Teresa needs to write a book. She's a wonderful writer. It's well said. It it really is. very, Very much so. Well, here's what's ahead on the program now. Uh, we mentioned that as listeners hear this conversation, you are in Israel at this moment, mm-hmm. and we right. don't have a live connection to you, but we do have these recordings that were made a couple of years ago on one of your trips to Israel. So let's begin. Uh, we're going to go to uh, uh, Mount Arbel, right? Is this this song you're going to sing is, takes place there? Yeah, and Ar- the Arbel is this uh, very high point. Um, I think it's probably the highest point on the Jewish side, it's it's just up from Magdala. So uh, Mary Magdalene lived at a village at the foot of this mountain, basically. And um, and it, from from the top of this mountain, you can see the whole range of Jesus' ministry in Galilee, all the way up to Mount Hermon. And um, beautiful. And there's Capernaum. There's Magdala. There's there's Gadara, where he cast the uh, the demons out of the the, the man that, that went into the pig. That's on the other side of the lake. It's it's a, it's a wonderful place. Okay. Well, we're going to hear a little mini concert that you gave there. 
at the top of that mount. Here's Michael with, first of all, Jubilee. The Lord provided for a time for the slaves to be set free. For the debts to all be canceled So his chosen ones could see His deep desire was for forgiveness He longed to see their liberty And his yearning was embodied In the year of Jubilee This is your part Jubilee Come on Jubilee Jesus is the Jubilee Debts forgiven, slaves set free, Jesus is our appointed time, his deep desire became a man, the heart of all true jubilation, and with joy we understand, in his voice we hear a trumpet sound, that tells us we are free, he is the incarnation of the year of jubilee, go, jubilee. That you believe that's forgiven, slaves set free. Jesus is our Jubilee. To be so completely guilty and given over to despair, to look into your judge's face and see a savior there. More time, sing out, Jubilee. Sort of relates a little bit to the location. Because Jesus called the disciples. I mean, that all happened right down there. I mean, just the northern tip of this lake. It, it's, to me, it's amazing to me. My old conviction was that this is the only part he ever went to. But when we crossed this, this time, I thought in all of his life, he must have been all around this lake. He must have walked over those hills. He must have come up here. You know, I can't think that it was just there that he... But that's where the ministry was. There sits Simon, so foolish and wise, which is right on the bank along there. That's where they were cleaning their nets. Proud, see, proudly he's tending his nets. Then Jesus calls, and the boats drift away, and all that he owns he forgets. Than the nets he abandoned that day He found that his pride was soon drifting away And it's hard to imagine The freedom we find From the things that we leave behind 
and this is Matthew, which is like right there in Capernaum. So that's the only time I can do that. I'm doing that for you, Nate. <laughs> and Matthew was mindful of taking the tax and pressing the people to pay. But hearing the call, he responded in faith and followed the light and the way. And leaving the people so puzzled, he found the greed in his heart was no longer around. And it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things that we leave behind. Every heart needs to be set free from possessions that hold it so tight. Cause freedom's not found in the things that we own. It's the power to do what is right. With Jesus our only possession, then giving becomes our delight. And we can't imagine the freedom we find From the things that we leave behind And we show a love for the world in our lives By worshipping goods we possess But Jesus said, lay all your treasures aside And love God above all the rest when we say no to the things of the world, we open our hearts to the love of the Lord. And it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things that we leave behind. Oh, and it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things that we leave behind. To show him that's not what a kiss is for Only a friend can betray a friend A stranger has nothing to gain And only a friend comes close enough To ever cause so much pain Why did there have to be a thorny crown pressed upon his head? It should have been a royal one made of jewels and gold instead. 
It had to be a crown of thorns Because in this life that we live For all who would seek to love A thorn is all the world has to give Why did there have to be a heavy cross he was made to bear? And why did they nail his feet and hands? His love would have held him there. It was a cross for on a cross a thief was supposed to pay. And Jesus had come into the world to steal every heart away. Yes, Jesus had come into the world to steal every heart away. Recorded on location in Israel. What about this world that Jesus was in, Michael? Well, um, it's it's two worlds. It's Galilee, which is beautiful and green, and the lake is there, and it's a major flyway for birds. And then there's Jerusalem, which is a desert next to the Dead Sea, uh, but it's Jerusalem. The temple is there. Those are really his, his two worlds. He lives in a f- fragmented world, a Roman-Jewish world, uh, Galilee, Judea, world, rich, poor world. He's, it's, his, his world is very fragmented. I know you've been several times, and that's given you an opportunity to make some uh, friends, some relationships with some of the people yeah. there in Israel. Talk about this well, next Well, this gentleman. is one of my favorites. Um, his, his name is Eli. Uh, he is a scribe. I mean, he's literally a scribe. He, uh, he does the scrolls that go into the... Um, the uh, mezuzah. So mezuzah is a little cylinder that goes on your doorpost. You know, God says that we should take take the Bible, take His Word, and put it between our eyes and and on and and on the doorposts of our house. Well, in Judaism, they they take that literally, and they'll actually write the scroll out in perfect, uh, you know, Hebrew. And that's what that's what Ellie does. And he is just the sweetest little guy. Um, I. I I interviewed him uh, years ago f- uh, for a video that we were doing, and I was in Jerusalem two or three years later, walking down the street, and I hear this voice, Michael, Michael, and he runs, he's a little <laughs> short guy, he runs up to me, and he, he throws his arms around me, and he goes, I found you. Oh. <laughs> it was just, and that's the kind of person he is, he's just this tender-hearted, sweet guy, and so when we're there, we always bring groups by, and he explains to us this is kosher ink. This is a kosher pen. This is how you know uh, we make copies of the Bible because he also does that. He does these mm-hmm. humongous sc- Torah scrolls. So he's a fascinating little sweet man. <laughs> well, you know, Joe was with you on that trip yeah. a couple years ago and recorded one of those conversations yeah. with uh, Eli. So let's listen. You have to always let the spirituality of God through you out. Always. There's not something you do and you finish it. This is wrong. You can rest, but you work always. You know, the King David says, I was sitting in the house of God always. Chapter 23, 
23. Yeah. Our city. Oh, it's not true. Well, you are a king. You have a, even you want to be a supermarket uh, manager, <laughs> there is no time sitting in the house of God. You are a king of Israel. You go to the war. You go, you sleep, you eat, you do a lot of things. How can you say I was always in the house of God? That's a question. You asked me earlier. And I, I told you. Yeah. So what is the answer? Well, you said that wherever he went, he Whatever abided. He did, that was will of God. So always he was in the house of God. Wherever he goes, he made that place half a house of God. Mm. So that is a important thing to do. Even the back of the store. Yes. God wants from you something. God from me something. From him there is something he wants from you that if you don't do it, nobody can do it for you. It's missing something. That thing in the world. There is some reason that there is a thing that just you can do it. Nobody else. That is the what he wants to do. It he wants us to do. You have a different uh, will and different thing. Everyone has to find to do that. Well, that was uh, Michael talking with Ely. And uh, Michael, it's interesting to me that it's not just the land to you; it's the people as well that uh, that really enrich your life, huh? Yeah, it it, it really is. I, I Ely is one of those people. Uh, my favorite person um, of all is our bus driver. His name is Kamal. Kamal lives on the Mount of Olives. He lives a couple of hundred yards away from where the ascension took place. I mean, come on. But he's a believer. He's a Palestinian. Um, He um, is the most Christ-like person I've ever known. Uh, I so look forward to seeing Kamal every time. And I I, I spend as much time with him uh, as I possibly can. So, yeah, the, the people there... Uh, are, are are really special. It's it's interesting to me, you know. I, I love Ireland. There's so much dissension in Ireland, so much fighting, and yet the people tend to be so precious. Same thing in Israel. You have so much dissension, Arabs, Jews, you know what, whatever, and yet you get to know individual people, and they're just the 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 kindest people uh, in the world. Well, Kamal may be one of the first to, to see Jesus on the Mount of Olives in his return. Who knows, huh? <laughs> right, right. He would step out his back door, and then there is going to be it's going to be there. Right, right. <laughs> well, we have one more song. Now, this song wasn't recorded uh, in Israel, but it certainly is about Israel. Uh, set up the New Jerusalem for me. Well, we've been talking about the, the kind of the old Jerusalem. Uh, but the, the promise in Revelation 21 is that there's going to be a new Jerusalem. I mean, I mean, what and what is Jerusalem anyway? It's the city of peace. It's the place where God dwells. And, um, and, and so it, it, at the very end of his vision, uh, John in chapter 21 says, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. I saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them, which is what we've been longing for. I mean, since since Jesus comes, I mean, God's son comes in, in the flesh and lives with us, uh, Emmanuel, God with us. 
uh, that sort of plants the seed of, of longing for God to be fully with us. And, and it happens in the context of this new Jerusalem, this new city that's an actual place where we will go and he'll be sitting on a throne. And, and I don't think there's even human language to understand what that's going to be like. Mm. Well, our friend cellist uh, John Ketchings joins you now in this uh, recorded version of the New Jerusalem. Here's Michael Card.
Jerusalem. truth and song to wrap up this session. Please feel free to post a comment on the Michael Card Music Facebook page. Write via email in the studio at michaelcard.com and we look forward to reading your comments. Learn about Michael's books and music at michaelcard.com. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts or share the link with what you've discovered on your favorite social media platform. And we're glad for the partnership with our sponsors of the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com to learn more about the great Bible editions that can help you get serious with God's Word. This month, we're featuring the Holy Land Illustrated Bible. Immerse yourself in the world at the time the Scripture was written. There's hundreds of pictures, helpful charts and articles, and illustrations about the situation in Bible times that will bring the Scripture to life. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible. When you order, use the promotion code CARD40 typed with all caps and no spaces to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. The Christian Standard Bible at csbible.com. Now for all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for sitting in with us for this session in the studio with Michael Card.